So it's going to be a good night. I'm excited for what God's going to do. I'm pumped. I'm very encouraged by what God's doing in the region. Are you, are you excited? You should be. Really? Yes. You got a testimony? Come up here. I need a microphone, man. Come on. You can do something. All right. <laughs> uh, hello. All right. Um, all right. So on, the, on our way here, um, like we were, we were talking. Oh, I don't remember. It was a conversation. She's not going to help me. All right. You're on your but, own, man. Yeah. Uh, and... And uh, as we're talking, I looked up in the sky, and I saw a light. Like, it was weird. I thought it was a plane, but then it wasn't because, like, it grew, and then, like, it shrank back, and then it disappeared. And I was like, did you see that? And she was like, no. So I was like, well, because I had another instance where I saw something weird, and I said, did you see that? She's like, yeah. So I was like, well, you can't say I'm crazy this time. So I just, I, I mean, I, I just, like you said, I feel like God's doing something. Mm. And uh, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a sign that, you know, he's going to start showing us more and more things that's happening. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. So here's what I think. I think God's bringing an increase of light, right? And so if we're observant to what he's doing, right, he'll show us. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come, right? The increase, come on, of that light is coming to everyone in this place. It's coming to everyone in the body of Christ. And if we just be observant, right, if we just pay attention to what's happening, maybe someone next to you is not going to see it, but you're going to get it. You're going to see it, okay? So that's good. That's good. But I am. I'm, I'm really, really excited about what God's doing in the region. I just felt, um, again, I'm going to bounce off of Monday night because we really, I, I was, I was, my eyes were leaking the whole time. You know what that means? I was crying in worship the whole night. It was just so strong and powerful. And it was, uh, there had to been a thousand people who were just hungry for Jesus. And what I just have to take note of is a couple things. Was first, how John Bevere came out and he said, we're, we're at the end of this tour and we feel energized in this place. And so believe it or not, guys, I'm just going to say this. And I, I think a lot of people who have, and I've referred to this before, a lot of people who have planted works here, are in apostolic ministry, they're moving all around the globe. They know this because they've come out of New England. They know that the fire of God is in this, in this region. They know that. And so here's what we were sensing Monday night. There was just an explosion of the Holy Spirit. At one point, the, the Spirit of God was so thick in that place, right? And so I just, I, I want to encourage you because there's hunger in the region that you don't even realize. I don't know, it was eye-opening to me because I just saw, and, and, it's, and it's in the young adults and in the, it's in everybody, but I just see the young adults and the youth that are just like, they just want God, right? A 
It's not saying anyone who's over 30 or, you know, come on. It doesn't matter. As long as you stay hungry and you stay thirsty. And so tonight I just want to just focus on a couple things uh, that's going to build our faith. I want to believe God to just bring an increase to our faith tonight. And I believe that as I look at what I feel like God's doing in the region, I believe that that Holy Spirit wants us to just engage with Him in a more personal way, right? Never even, never mind about something like going into a vision, although I believe visions and, and dreams and the power of God is going to come. I'm just going to focus on just coming into a whole nother, a new agreement, a fresh agreement, right? We want to have fresh eyes for a fresh season of what God's doing. And we, we're going to come into agreement with what He's doing, right? Because He has good, good things He wants to release on the region. I promise you, I promise you, he's got amazing things he wants to just do in this, in this area right here, right? Just, just across the, the sea coast and into Manchester and Nashua and in this just one general region. Why? Because I'm married to it. Come on. You're married to it if you live here, right? And so we, we have to believe that the Lord is going to do something outside of what we've believed before, Right? So I just, again, I just want to look because we get, I feel like sometimes we get a little anxious. We get a little fearful and we're not looking at the right things. I probably don't need that. It's all in here. My magic book. <laughs> Luke chapter 12. See, we have a great inheritance, guys. I'm telling you, my friends, we have a great inheritance. Everything's already been provided for us. But Luke 12, verse 27, I'm just going to read these few verses to start us out. It says, consider the lilies, how they grow. Remember this? Consider the lilies, how they grow. Neither, they neither toil nor spin, yet they say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these if so if then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow thrown in the, into the oven how much more will he clothe you and then Jesus says this oh you have little faith that's piscus that's tiny that's a small measure of faith and then he says in verse 29 don't, and don't seek what you should eat or what you should drink, which we all do, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, man, life is planned around meals, right? At least in my house. Don't seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor be of an anxious mind. For all these things the nations and the world seek after. But your Father knows what you have need of these things, right? But seek first, seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Then he says this, he goes from, oh, have little faith, to do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Let me just stop there for a minute, because it is God's ultimate purpose is to release all the goodness of his kingdom over your life. And here's what I'm thinking. The more I'm in this, the more I believe that if I align myself 
and I get, I, I eradicate fear from my life, and I just begin to go back to simplicity of faith and begin to believe him for the small little things in my life, there's such an increase on what I, I see and what I witness because you're observant. Because God wants to make you like a child. See, it's funny. Sometimes I used to try and change the clocks on my kids so they didn't know what time it was when they went to bed. You know, they're more observant about what time it is and where they're at and they're, they're, all the things that are around them. So I just mess with, like, time dimensions so they wouldn't know what was up and I could put them to bed early. <laughs> Come on. None of the parents in this house ever did that. It did work. It did work. It did work. It wasn't a lot of time. It wasn't like five or ten hours. You're lying. I know. I know. I'm just manipulating time. I don't know why I went there. Because that's just who I am. Then he goes on to say this. Sell what you have and give arms. Provide, it, provide for yourself money Provide, provide yourselves money bags and don't grow old. The treasures in heaven that do not fail. There's no thief and it approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, your heart is also. I know, I could have used this for the message for, the message for, for giving, right? But not really. Listen, God has so much he wants to release to you as a child of God. I just want to talk about our inheritance today because we have the one who's before us, Jesus, who's received everything back for us, right? He paid a great price so that you could have everything, right? We've gotten so many gifts and I've talked about the gifts, but the Lord said, I just want to talk about the riches and the greatest wealth in Christ. And you know what wealth is. Wealth is an abundance of valuable resources or valuable material possessions. And I don't want to look at it as valuable material possessions, but I do want to look at this, that every person has Jesus Christ living inside of them. And we have the fullness, as the Bible says, that we have the fullness of who he is. We are complete in him. We've been given everything we need in life and godliness, Right? We've been given all things and the power of God has been given to us and the life of God has been given to us and all the inheritance of the Son that has been given by His Father have been given to us. And so I want you to posture yourself understanding this tonight that you have an abundance and valuable resources available to you tonight. And I'm gonna focus on one thing a gift that we've been given. No, it's not the gift of salvation. It's not the gift of tongues. It's not the gift of the Holy Spirit, although the Holy Spirit will be involved. It's not the gift of repentance. Do you know that repentance is a gift? Write that down for your homework, man. Repentance is a gift. It's not a gift of repentance I want to talk to you about but it's the valuable resource of faith and communion with the Father. Ready? We have a gift that we've been given. It's an inheritance that we are able to have access to the Father. Do you hear me? 
because we're not outside of who he is, but we're on the very inside of where he is, right? I'm just going to read a verse, uh, a couple more verses to you. Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in the book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me. And when as yet, they were not, there were none of them. How precious also, ready, are your thoughts towards me. Oh God, how the great the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more numbered than the sands. And when I awake, I'm still with you. I want to talk to you about your purpose, right? Tonight, because he's given us his thoughts towards us. Do you know that he's thinking about you all the time? This is why I began with this thing about the husband and wife sitting at dinner with, come on, other people that were invited. And God's got one invitation for you to come to him face to face tonight. And the presence of who he is wants to come and meet you in your inner man. He wants to come and meet you. Personal, up close, in front. And, he doesn't, and he's looking for someone who, who doesn't have a, a, a divided heart, right? So as believers, we've been all given access to valuable resources, right? It's God's, it's first and foremost our relationship with him. Are you hearing me? It's about our interaction. It's about our communion. It's about our relationship to him and with him, Right? And we've been given all the riches, right? Ephesians tells us we've been given a glorious inheritance. And all of us have been given a mandate to raise up the desolation of former generations. Do you know what that means? To repair the breach. Do we know that, what that even looks like? Because when things have been broken down, when we've lost communion, when we've lost fellowship with the Father, I'm telling you, you guys, God inside of you now, right? It's not you. It doesn't weigh on your shoulders. But God has given you a mandate to bring people and to raise up the ruins. To bring those who are of desolate heritage. Come on, there's an inheritance that you have to release to people. And there's something that we carry inside of us that brings to people the answer that they've been looking for. But it's always going to but I want you to have faith for this. I want you to have faith to receive this because he's given us these things so that we can walk and have confidence in what he's doing and believe in what he's doing. And so he's given us this mandate and that we'd release and raise up the kingdom in people's midst. You've been called to be a carrier of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom inside of you always expands. It never goes to ruin. Are you hearing me? And so here we go. I want to focus on faith and believing. Right? Because true faith brings breakthrough, but true faith is steadfast. 
Hello? True faith is steadfast. True faith is always constant. It doesn't move. And it breaks open. See, it's easy to believe things when we're in the Spirit. It's easy to believe things when we're in the Spirit. No. It's easy to believe things. I'm going to say it until you get it because I feel like it's bouncing off people. It's easy to believe things when you're in the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, when you have a dimension of who God is, a dimension, a portion, the full, you're supposed to have all the fullness of God inside you, but when you have just enough, it's easy to move in faith and to believe God when you're saying things to God, because I want to talk about prayer tonight, but when we're speaking and declaring and we're believing God, and we begin to have interaction with Him, and it's not just giving our list, it's saying, God, what's on your heart? And when He gives that to you, here's what I'm saying to you, when you're in the Spirit, it's easy to be in faith. Because by faith, we understand. By faith, we know. By faith, we grab hold of who God is. By faith, we grab hold of Him. It's by faith, but it's not just by reason. Faith breaks open and is steadfast. Faith doesn't change. The faith you had yesterday should be ever increasing. It should only be growing. It shouldn't be going backwards. It shouldn't be diminishing. That's not what God says about the kingdom. Because something, and, and I believe that faith is an element of the kingdom tonight, right? It's an element. It's a part of the kingdom that grows inside of us. That helps us to believe for the impossible and helps us to see things change in our nation. And let's just go in our families. Let's just get real. Let's just get real with our personal lives. Faith is something that we, when we grab hold of it and we believe God to do something, that when we ask Him, God, will you do this certain thing in my life? It's not an empty prayer. Or it's not like God may be doing it. No, no. What did I just say? I said His thoughts towards us are constant. More than the sands of the sea. How many sands in the sea are there? Uh-oh. That means it doesn't end. It's never-ending. His thoughts towards us. So he's always thinking of you, and he's always, right, he's a good father, and he wants to see your life increase to the fullest. And so when your faith begins to, what, grow, continue to be steadfast and increase, because steadfast is always, always there. I'm going to go back. I, I already spoke of this before, but I believe this, that the Lord was showing me again. And I know he says this in his word. And I've said it, I've shared it, I shared it at home group on Wednesday. But when I was in a pretty good state of in the spirit, I saw a, one of Scott's girls open the door over here. 
And I began to, I just, God just showed me something about the kingdom realm, how you just go into the kingdom realm like a child. It was the littlest one. And she just opened the door by faith. No, it was just emotion. It's just something that was in her. It's just something that she did. And I was in, I'm going to tell you, I was in the spirit. <laughs> it was easy to believe. It was easy for God to communicate with me because I was in the spirit. When you're in the flesh, when you're in the temporal, when you're reasoning, it's not easy for God to get in and talk to you. Do you hear me? When we're always trying to figure it out, i got to figure this out, and I'm going to figure out faith. No, you're not going to ever figure out faith. You're not going to ever figure out how someone's delivered from a demon. It's supernatural. You're not going to ever figure out how someone absolutely recreates someone's knee. It's just supernatural. You're not going to ever figure out how God does something supernatural in someone's life and transforms their life in a moment. It was funny. God, uh, Joe was testifying about his life and how he was there and the Lord was about to, well, the Lord was about to invade him and he was about to take his life with a gun. And I was thinking, when I was 20 years old, I was about to do the same thing. It was just a different place, a different time, and I was going to use something to hang myself. That was it. You know? I'm saying this because God's given you a light of hope inside of you. Right? That day when he changed my life, he changed it permanently. It's not like he half did it, and he gave me a measure of faith in my life. Right? And so in this room, you all have testimonies of where God met you. And if you don't, You need a Bethel, and I'm not talking Bethel Redding. You need a place where God meets you. You need a place of meeting with God, that your faith, and you begin to have history where God's brought you from and where he's bringing you to. So today I was thankful, right, because I have a good father, and I was thankful today, and I posted, and I was surprised by the response, honestly. But I just posted something that when I was 17 years old, someone spoke over my life that I wouldn't make it to 21. So be careful what people speak over your life, right? Because faith said, God said, God said something completely different over my life, right? God said something absolutely extraordinary over my life, and he said the same thing over your life, that you'll live and surely you won't die, that he has life and life more abundantly for you, and there's an abundance of what he wants to release to your life. So in those moments, right, I start thinking, and I'm thankful because God gave me I have my family. Come on, things. this is the part of grace that I do like because I didn't deserve any of it, Right? But he took everything upon himself so that he'd, he'd save my life. So he gave a great, great cost so that I'd be standing here today, right? And here's where we lose vision and here's where we lose sight is that God is just with us and we're kind of just making it. Can I tell you that's not the case today? Can I tell you he's flourishing you and he's not just, you're not just making it by. He wants you to increase and flourish and not just do, he wants you to be present in life. And the Bible says this, that, more, that when life comes to you, you live in abundance. You don't live with small portions. And I'm not talking about 
finances or resources, although that may be a part of it. He wants you to live in a life that's full and not oppressed. He wants you to live in a life that's abundant in your thinking and in your walk so that you live in the full life that he's called you to. And the problem is we're trying to get people to feel okay with themselves. Oh, come on, somebody. You don't just need to be satisfied. I'm telling you, there is more. I was thinking, you know, it was 1995 that the Brownsville Revival blew up. I was thinking about this tonight, today, that the Brownsville Revival began to be released and that thousands came to Christ, but it was movement through repentance, through the glory, through presence, and it, and it lasted for five years. Why? Because God's a good father and he decided to do it on Father's Day, I guess. I don't know. But for every person in this room, your life has been called so that you be present for not only your family, it starts there, but you be present for the people around you, for the people you con you're in contact with every day, and that your life is, is, is something that makes a difference and transports people around you into a whole nother realm of faith and belief. Are you okay with that? So you have to access like a child, right? And what are the two things? There's innocence and intrigue. And here's what we have. In the church, most of the time, we don't have innocence. We have, we have skepticism. <laughs> we have different things that don't look like innocence, like we're really mature and we're going to be all right and we don't have to get out of control because when kids are innocent, I tell you, they just don't care. They just don't care. How many have, have had little kids that have said stuff with you like, oh, right now you're going to say that? <laughs> like they don't care who's in the room. They just speak their heart freely, Right? They're just innocent. And they're not, there's not even any malice in their heart to like get you in trouble for something you said and they were in their presence. It's like, or something silly. It doesn't even have to be getting you in trouble. But you understand what I'm saying. They just say stuff and you're like, oh. Or even what they're thinking. They just say what they think. It's amazing. And so if you haven't experienced it, you will. But then the intrigue, because they're always looking, and they're just never, you know, you just got to check this out, and what is going on over here, and just curious. It's okay. We're on a good journey with God that we're allowed to be curious, and we're about, we can ask Him questions that bring us outside the box, because if you're looking for Jesus, it's going to bring you into the right place. Are you hearing me? So really, intrigue and innocence will bring the church into a whole nother dimension of the spirit that we've not been in before. I promise you that. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live, we move, and we have our being. 
as also some other of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. And being sons and daughters of God, right, filled with the Holy Spirit, you are open to a whole new, everyone say whole new. You've got to really understand that. You're being open to a whole new world. And which you've been given a privilege to live in that place. See, the problem is we realize and we acknowledge the world that we've been given, but we don't choose to live in that place. Why? Why don't you choose to live there? I'm just going to let that question sit. We'd rather be in another world. We'd rather be in a video reality world. We'd rather be in, you know... A, social media world. We'd rather be in other worlds rather than the world that God's given to us to live and move and have our being in. Are you hearing me? I don't want you to only be present in this natural place in this with your families and stuff like that, but I want you to be present in the presence of God. We've got to be present in the presence of God. We've got to be present in the places where he's called us to be, and that's to live in the Spirit. The, Jesus said, with where the Spirit, when you, he said the Spirit comes and it's a, like a wind that blows here and there. You can't even understand it because it has no rhyme or reason, has no direction. Oh, that's why we don't like the Holy Ghost because we've got no direction. The Holy Spirit may choose to do one thing and then the other. He's not like us. He doesn't have to have a set plan on what he's doing in one night. He doesn't have to have a plan. He can do whatever he wants. I promise you. Psalm 115, I'll always default on that. He's God and he does whatever he wants does whatever he wants at whatever time. The true reality is we're also given access to move all around in the spirit realm. Ready? I'm going to go a little higher here. Ready? Jesus said this, I am the door. John 10, 9. Right before he gives us that, that John 10, 10. I've given you life and life more abundantly. Right? He says this, I am the door. Anyone who enters me will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures. What do you think that means? Jesus is the door. He is the literal door. He is the literal door. This is Jesus. I go in. Hi, guys. I'm in a different place. I'm in a different place than I was outside, wasn't I? Everyone's in here? No one can see you outside. Okay. It's another place. Did you hear that? That was good, right? Gone into a different place. But Jesus is the door that brings us to another place so that we have access to other things. I know. I'm getting a little mystical. It's okay. It's okay. Because we think of Jesus as, no, Jesus will just keep me on this planet. No, heaven is your inheritance now. Heaven has been given to us now. The kingdom of God has been given to us now, not for a future time. 
I'm talking about faith. I'm going to build your faith so that either you will totally reject this or you will totally embrace this. You'll probably do one or the other by the end of the night. But that's okay because I can't be afraid to release a message that the Lord is saying, come up here, come up higher. Come up to the place where I am because you want to dwell with him. Right? And God wants to give us access to heavenly places. Listen, there was a testimony I was hearing about. Bob Jones had prophesied to Sean Bowles years and years before. He said, you're going to have an encounter and go to heaven. But by the time you're 18, uh, by the time you're 30 years old. And Sean was driving to a meeting, right? We watched the video series by Sean Bowles, right? Sean was driving to a meeting, and he went into a three-minute, he was driving. He was gone. And God took him, ready guys? I'm going to put the fire, I'm really going to set it out there. He was gone for eight hours, he thought, and it was three minutes. And in his five-hour drive, he was there in three minutes. Where was he? He was with Jesus. He had an encounter. Actually, he had seen Bob Jones in the encounter, and Bob had seen him. And I've had other situations where I have personally, ready? Ready? I'm going. Bye. I've had times where I've prayed with certain people, and actually people have testified to me just a few weeks ago that this happened to the same people, some people, that they encountered the same vision of Jesus being together in prayer. Don't, can you believe for that? Okay. So I had an amazing encounter, and I had this, we were at a, I was with a friend, and I was praying at his house, and I went into a vision, and I was there, and he was there, and we were in the vision together. Right? And the Lord had opened up scrolls on a wooden table for us and was speaking to us about destiny. And I believe that his purpose was to reveal that. But what I didn't know is when I came out of the vision, he had the same vision and we were in the same position and described it exactly how I saw it. And we didn't concur. It wasn't like I was speaking it out. I'm telling you guys, there's places you can go if you have faith. See, if we don't want to believe it, and some of us, we're just not built and wired that way, and that's okay. But I do believe this, that God wants to bring us to higher places. And he wants to bring us in and out. And to what? Pasture. He wants you to find rest. He wants you to find rest. I was thinking about this, we were talking the other day. And I was talking about a, a vision about my dad. Actually, I was coming out of sleep it was that time. My dad had passed away. And he was speaking to me about, come up here. I was on the second floor. He was on the third floor. And he's t asking me to teach him, or to come help him build a bed so, he could, so they could be rest. Was I asleep? Was I awake? I was awake, and I heard it audibly, and I saw it audibly. Right? I'm just telling you experiences, wow. How does that happen? I don't know, and I don't really, I'm just open to it. You hear me? I could give you five, I could probably give you 25 more stories of crazy things that happen to Miles. Because I'm open to what God wants to do and how he wants to speak. Where's the fruit of it? Well, we're all here, we're, we're in fruit, right? This is the fruit. There's been nations we've gone to. There's been other things that have happened. 
I had a vision. Ready? I'm just going to give you some things. And some of you probably heard this, but before we had gone to the Philippines, a year and a half, and I think I, my dreams are not significant. Actually, I didn't even remember this dream until I got to the nation. But when we got to the nation, we pulled up, and we were on, our, on the way to our first meeting, and just as we pulled up, we pulled out of a, a street, and I looked, and there was a, a gas station. And some of you heard this story before. But the reality was that I had a dream a year before that that exact gas station with the same things going on and just the angle of it shook me and I knew that I had been there a year and a half before. Whether in the, sp in the spirit or in the body, I do not know, like Paul said, right? Because I can give you scripture tonight. I wasn't even supposed to, I wasn't even going here tonight. Why am I even talking? This is what God's saying. This is what he wants us to grab hold of because it's about entering into a higher place so that you can walk in truth and in faith. Listen, when you go into different realms like that and then you see 34 people healed of deafness that night, I'm telling you, Joe's like, what is the matter with you? I'm coming unglued in the bus on the way. I'm crying. And I don't tell him till after we get in and done. But God is crazy good. God is amazing. And just because it doesn't mean anything at the time doesn't mean it's not significant for another time. Are you hearing me? Because the Lord wants us to have deep communion with him and not be afraid because we've been, you know, we don't want to go into new age. We don't want to do this. We don't want to get into weird stuff. No. If you're seeking the presence of God, if you're seeking Jesus, if you're seeking the Holy Spirit, he will not bring an angel of light to deceive you. promise you he's a good God and he wants to bring you into places you have not experienced or, or even thought of before and there's an element of life God you know I mean I've been in bed and I hear things waking me up to wonder why you know my daughter's up there moving her toys in the room she wasn't moving her toys in the room there was angels shifting things in heaven and he just wanted me to hear it and wake up by the noise wake out of a dead sleep and come into it. And I know it's far out, but it's reality. See, because what I'm telling you about is more real than here. But we don't believe that. The church doesn't believe that necessarily. The church believes something else because we like reason and we like theology and we like good doctrine. And I, I'm all for good doctrine and theology. But we get stuck on our mind and reasoning. So he said, I'm the door. If anyone enters me, that all came out of one verse, sorry. So while I, I just completely believed that we're supposed to pray, like Paul said, pray without ceasing, what does that look like? What does that look like, guys? What does pray without ceasing look like? That means you're in constant communion with God constant communion with God. That means you don't ever move in and out because I know, I know me. I know humanity. I know how we, we live, right? We, we kind of go in, we swim, and then we come out and dry off. 
Sometimes we don't even swim. We just like. Right? It's the truth. And God wants us to go deep, and he wants us to go into him. But I believe that God, ready? I believe that God's raising up a fresh, new body of people who are messengers of truth, of fire, of presence. Nothing holds them back. They won't compromise. They won't give away. Come on. They won't give in to politics. They won't give in to mammon. They won't give in to any of that stuff. Are you hearing me? And they have access to heavenly places that brings them into the courts and just bringing forth justice in heavenly realms because here's what I believe. I totally believe in the prayer movement. How many love the prayer movement? I do, I love it. I love J-Hop, I-Hop, all the hops. I do, I love all the houses of prayer. I love the burn 24-7. I love all that stuff, right? And that's breaking through, that's breaking up the stuff in the atmosphere. But here we go. Someone's got to go up, and I believe that, that some of it does happen, but someone's got to go up and enter in and believe and decree. Do you know that when you decree a thing, it's established? When you come into agreement with what God says, it begins to be established. Because we have to dissolve, we have to break the pattern of delayed things. How many have delayed things going on in their lives? Just two. I'm telling you, there's delayed things going on in the spirit, and someone has to believe that they can go in and bring breakthrough. And it's, yeah, I know, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus inside of you. But he's given you, and he wants to be, ready? He wants you to be a conduit that you go into the spirit and you, and you bring these things down. How do you go into the spirit? You pray, ceasingless. You constantly access God. You live in communion with God, right? We live in that place, and we don't come out of the water and dry off and then go back into our, our earthly minds because this is what happens. We go back into the earthly mind, and we don't rem you get amnesia about what happened in the spirit. This is what happens to me. I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I see things in God, and then I come out, and I go, wow, really? And God wants to bring us into alignment with, by faith into the things that you're seeing in, by the Spirit of God. And some of you may not be seeing anything, but God wants to release vision. He wants to release the thing on your life so that you do see, so that you do hear, so that you are in that place. So the faith realm, what is the faith realm, right? It's God's authority and dominion. Who's moving in God's authority and dominion? Who in this place is moving in God's authority and dominion? Everyone should be raising your hands right now. Don't do that. It's your, it's your mission. It's what God has given you to do. Authority and dominion. That when you speak things, things begin to happen. The faith realm is referring to the, the place of confidence and unbridled reality that everything we believe we can receive. How do you do that? What did I say? We pray without ceasing. That means what? That you're present with the author and the finisher of our faith. 
You're present with the author and the finisher of our faith. If you are present with the author and the finisher of our faith, then you speak and release and declare and you see and you continue to speak and pray and see and do more. Someone says, I don't have a seer gift. That's okay. Just hang out. Hang out in the presence. You'll see stuff. But most of us don't have the attention span. No, I'm serious. If Jesus tells me this in the Bible, that you cannot see the kingdom until you're born again. How many in this room are born again? How many? I turned my back on purpose. You all have the ability to see. But the problem is we don't have patience. Right? Because you get a little time and you just want to do something else. I just want to do something else. I don't need to be spiritual right now, Jesus, do I? This is why I'm saying be confident in this thing that you just because you're, I'm telling you, because people have had absolute monstrous visions while they're playing video games. Uh Uh-oh, that messes with your theology, I know. But it's true. But their heart's connected to God. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, God has the opportunity to come in and interrupt at any given time. Right? That doesn't justify excessive gaming. Okay. Just saying that. Hashtag. Listen, guys, I believe we can accomplish amazing things if we just believe God and just open up the curtain. He's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to open up the curtain. He just wants to peel it back. So I'm telling you, when you see what he sees, then you can believe what he believes. <laughs> the author and finisher of your faith. But most of us are trying to just declare things into place when you can't see nothing God's doing. I didn't say that as a proclamation over you. But you understand what I'm saying. Well, the Word says, I understand the Word says a lot of things. But until you engage with the Word, until you become the Word, until you drive it inside of you, inside of your spirit, man. Are you understanding my passion right now? We need the Word. I need the Word. And I need to believe that God is going to set me free by His Word, by His Word of truth. But if I have no revelation and I have no understanding of the Word and I can't grab hold of it and I have no wisdom to apply the Word, then nothing happens. So I want to see what the Word is saying. Because I'm telling you, it's like a diamond. It's just like this. The Word's like a diamond. You can look at it three, four, five different ways, and it'll look different every time. I promise you, if you're looking with an eye of the Spirit of God, it'll look different. You'll get something fresh out of it. Every day, it's the daily bread. It's the fresh bread that God wants to bring to you. But it is like a diamond. It will change, and it will move, and it'll glitter differently when your heart is postured towards heaven. And he'll bring something fresh to you. Are you hearing me? So every one of you has the power of God inside of you and the ability to call things that have yet to be visible by the natural eye to burst forth into reality right now. That's my version of Romans 4, 17. Did you hear me? 
You have it inside of you to call the things that have yet to be visible in the natural eye to burst forth into reality now. You have it. Don't say, I don't have it. I hear people's thoughts. You have it. You have it. That's unbelief already moving, right? It's a demon that tries to attack the church. I'm sorry, it is. Let's just face it. Unbelief. I don't believe that. I don't believe in spirit travel. Really? Okay. I know. I'm cantankerous tonight. That's okay. I stand by this. But the kingdom age is here. And the church age is fading quickly. And we better adjust. We better adjust. We need to adjust. What does that mean? That means that the kingdom of heaven, right, just like Jesus said, is always near. It's always at hand. But there is an, as there is an age of the kingdom that's coming that's already, come on, in process. It's been in process since Jesus came. It's been in process since Daniel saw the stone roll. Come on. And it took over the whole earth, right? And it destroyed everything else. But the kingdom was left. And so what's going to happen is the church age is fading. Come on. It's like going to disappear. So I'm going to say to you, don't be left behind. Huh. There you go. You want to be, don't be left behind. It's not about getting sucked up. It's about being left behind when the kingdom shifts and we're still back in the church mindset. Churchianity. All right. I know. Everyone's going to be like, can you explain half the things that you said the other night? <laughs> if you're not thinking kingdom perspective, then you need to repent. If you're not thinking kingdom, you need to repent. Change your mind and actions, right? You're a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. Do you know that? <laughs> Something hit me. You're a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. So begin and continue to live and move in Him in a brand new way. Right? In Him we live. In him we live. We can live, right, in the kingdom. But you can't just stay there and just be. You have to move. You have to do something. Right? In him, in his being, come on, he just wants you to be. I don't know why he's anesthetizing me right now. This is not good right about now. Okay. You're a new creation. The old is past, and the new has come. Oh. God has a purpose in his heart. 
It begins with you. <laughs> I'm not answering questions. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Did you hear that? He had a vision of a of a generator and the hand of the Lord turning it on. Lots of power coming to you. You can grab it now. Ready? Just take it. <laughs> Ecclesiastes ten ten. Is not good. Ecclesiastes 10 10. You know what that says? <laughs> it says if your axe is dull, swing harder. It does. It says if your axe is dull, swing harder. What does that mean? We need to be sharp. God is looking for a people that are sharp. And what? Iron. Iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? It says if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. And God does not want you to use your strength. He doesn't want you to use your understanding. He wants you to be sharp in the spirit because he's coming to sharpen you. But who let the Lord come and sharpen them? Who's going to let the Lord come and just sharpen them? Who will do it? I'll tell you who, who brings the sharpening. The only person that can. And it's not Jesus. It's the Holy Ghost. Ah, I tricked you. You're all like, what? Because God the Father's in heaven and Jesus is what? Sitting next to him. Waiting, watching. And then he said this, it, it's better for you that I go, that the Holy Ghost would come to you and that the Holy Spirit would come. And the Holy Spirit's the one who brings us into sharpness. So he's not the add-on to the Trinity, you know. He's not the third wheel. He's not. He's God the Holy Spirit that is present on the earth. He's present here right now. He's present here right with me. He's present here right with you. And he wants to sharpen. He wants to quicken. You ever hear of a quickening? He wants to quicken your life so that you can grab hold of present truth like Peter says. Go ahead, you can look that one up. Present truth. The Lord wants us to understand and be engaged with what present truth is. And he's on a mission to do one thing, glorify the Lamb. Right? He's got one mission, to glorify, to glorify the Lamb. And there's a reason why there isn't a focus on the Holy Ghost. I already said it. 
because preachers can't usually control that, right? So be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I always say this and let him sharpen you, right? Matthew 7, 11 says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? Isn't that good? Like, that's, that's the word. Well, it doesn't apply to this, and it doesn't apply, and it applies to this, and it doesn't apply to that. That's reasoning. And it's funny, because Jesus used to deal with those who reasoned. They reasoned in their hearts, right? When the disciples were trying to think of things in their natural mind, he always said, and he heard their th thoughts, and he, they were, why do you reason, he'd say to them. Why do you think like that? Why are you thinking like that? John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And so here's the thing feel like the Lord is, he gets saddened by prayerlessness, you know? I don't say that, I'm not going to say that to, to heap any condemnation on anyone in this place, right? But he gets, it's like the, the least attended things. It was like we went over to the prayer house that day and it was us four and no more. No, there was a couple people there, but it was weird, you know? Instead of People coming out and saying, wow, there's a day of prayer. We can gather together for 12 hours and pray. Like, I got things to do, man. That's not in my schedule. I know. It's hard to squeeze two hours in, right? But it's the reality of where we come from. Hello. I'm telling you the truth. And God's, we'll, we'll spend 12 hours or, you know, I'll work for a day and make money. Who's God? Ouch, that hurt me. Well, I got to make money and provide for my family. I know that. I'm not saying. You know what I'm saying? You understand where I'm going? We have, who's God? Who's, who is God? Like, where is his spot? Where is the Holy Spirit's spot next to you? No, right? You have to ask that question because God wants to come in in ways he never has before and there needs to be a conviction on our hearts. Not a condemnation, that's from the devil. <laughs> right? It's a conviction. God wants to come in and invade our lives, but we need time and give him access because you won't walk close until you connect. Hear me? So it isn't just all of a sudden God's going to invade your life and it's going to be like a life of walking in prayer. No, it's something that builds. And like I shared last week, as the tree grows and increases, you, be, you begin to carry more of who he is on you. So the more we're rooted in prayer, rooted in the word, we get this canopy of who God is on us. Right? And the power and presence of who he is begins to come in and change us and move with us. So here's, here's a, can I just try and change our perspective? 
when it comes to meeting with Jesus or just spending time with the Holy Spirit, right? Said this, that we want to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Right? We want to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Just think of it this way. That you begin to have an audience with the King. You have an audience with the God of the whole entire universe. Except we run from him. It's like we hide from him. I, honestly, I know, I'm a little heavy tonight. It's okay, right? It's okay. But here's the reality. God wants us in a place that we live in a place, that we have this sweet communion with him. And I'm telling you, he's looking to take down the, pri the things that we prioritize, right? Because I prioritize, everyone in this room will prioritize different things, right? And hopefully God's first. I mean, God always gets the checklist as number one, right? <laughs> he always does. He'll always get the checklist. But in my heart, Sometimes what happens is I'll go and do the opposite of my checklist because God's always top, but I always got something that's going to try and lead me away from seeking him. I'm just bringing this, winding this down to a close. When, when the Holy Spirit comes, and I, I just, like I said, Monday night was phenomenal. It was in Medford, in Medford, Mass. And Bethel and John Bevere, and it was, it was good. He was just great. The words he was released were great. But the hunger that was there was amazing. And I know we can enter into a phenomenal worship experience and something blow your mind, right? Because it happens. But tonight, as, as, we get, as we worship together, right, just set your gaze. I want, I want for myself, I want my priorities to be one thing, right? He's, it's like God's one and everything else is second. Everything else comes up underneath, right? And here's what I witnessed. I know the hungers in the region. I know the hungers in this church, yet it's not manifesting you're hearing me. It's not manifesting like it should in the, in the marketplace. Something that Lisa said to me the, today, or was it yesterday? We have to prepare. You understand? We have to prepare because in two years, I don't know what you're expecting, but it's going to get awesome. It's going to get really, really awesome. And either we want to just jump in with the Lord and not get out of the pool. Can I always stay in swimming? Why not? Well, I got my stuff I got to do and I got all this and I, I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to you know, build a business. I'm trying to do this. and trying to do that. No, you can stay in the water. Here's what I believe. You can stay in but this preparation, I'm telling you, because when God brings in the harvest, the harvest is at hand. 
Jesus said it way back then, 2,000 years ago. It's white. It's ready. But I'm telling you, in the next two years, right, this most out of 52 states, whatever it is, if this being the most unevangelized state, watch out. Just watch out because what's going to look like? Is it going to look like, you know, 30, 40 of us sitting in a room? No, it shouldn't look like that. How do you contain a harvest that's coming? First of all, you better be sharp. You better be sharp. You better be ready. You better be like the wise virgins that have got plenty of oil. And the Lord's going to come, and it's not going to be about letting him down or anything like that, but I'm just asking you to think ahead because we always think for the now. We always think just life is going along. I don't know, I, this message went totally opposite of what I thought tonight, and that's okay. But I'm telling you, the harvest is right in front of you. And then when God begins to move in such creative miracles that your jaw drops, you shouldn't be shocked. Like I'm, I'm laughing at myself for watching some, some things happen to some people that I should be expecting. just going to ask the Lord tonight, Lord, pull me into a whole new place of communion. Pull me into, if you have courage, right, and I know you're all courageous in this room, I declare courage over you. Just declare and speak to him and say, I want to come into places that I haven't experienced before. I want you to communicate with me outside the box that I normally know. Because I think he'll do it if that's your prayer. If you want to believe for that, it'll happen. And he wants to just light faith on fire inside of you. He wants to put faith inside of you that is ablaze and won't stop and won't shut down and the furnace never goes off. It'll always be going and it'll be fueled. just rises and rises and rises. So Lord, tonight we just thank you. I thank you that there's no fear. That Lord, we move from any place where we're anxious for what you're going to do in the, in the future. What you're doing with us now. Lord, we just expect higher, greater, and wider. Lord, I thank you for your hand reaching out to every person in this room. I thank you for the life of God that's moving all through the room right now. I thank you for being in a place, God, where you set us free from temporal thinking tonight. And you move us into dimensions in you like we haven't experienced before. And Lord, I just declare over every person in this place that they be able to see in a new place. If that's in their heart, that they be able to see in a whole new place. 
that the realm of who you are would pull us into something fresh and new tonight. And Lord, we thank you for a baptism of faith. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that believes you for the impossible. Faith that doesn't hold back. Faith that just brings us into the presence of the Lord. As we speak to you, God, we get pulled in. Lord, as we turn our hearts into you, you pull us in. We thank you tonight. Nothing ever separates us from the love of God. Nothing can ever separate us.